Hi, welcome to The Trail Ahead, brought to you by the Fortune John Co-op. I'm your host, Trail Akko. Welcome to another episode. I am here with another interview with a good friend of mine and also um, a counselor from Blueberry River First Nation, Troy Wolf. How are you doing today, Troy? Good, how are you? Oh, not bad. It's quite the introduction. Yeah. <laughs> um, one day I'll be as good as a Pau MC, but not today. But uh, so, um, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I joined you um, when there was wildfires really close to Blueberry River. Yes. <clears throat> and it was getting closer at the time. Yeah. Getting closer like, which, by the day. Yeah. Which is kind of unsettling. I'm sure like everybody up here had to deal with it. Everything went on pause yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And um, really got close to some people's homes. And a lot of people were affected. And... Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was pretty, uh, I wouldn't say surreal, but... Um, I'd say it was surreal. Like I guess the so. The sky was, like, orange everywhere. Yeah. Um, like, everybody was, like, there was that one day when the first um, evacuation alert came on for, like, 14 John, and 14 John, but, like, there's evacuation orders for Doig and Blueberry. Yeah. And then everybody was getting feel like there was lineups, blocks along everywhere. Yeah, yeah it was just about to start running after some toilet paper after that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's COVID, PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I joined you. Yes. Out in Blueberry. Yes. We were doing... We were doing mitigation work. Yeah. <clears throat> Even with um, with that, like, um, when we actually did get the orders, I remember um, some of the Chief and Council, they wanted to make it a really important issue to protect the elders first. Mm-hmm. And... As soon as the alert came up, um, they did want to bring, like, take them out just for any respiratory issues, yeah. just to keep them safe and not have to rush everybody if there was an order. Yeah. Um, once there was an order, a lot of people stepped up, like, from our community. I'm actually really proud of a lot of people. Um, like, even they, they did live in town, but they did dedicate a lot of their time helping organize, organize people, finding mm-hmm. out where they are, where to stay. And, yeah, a lot of people really stepped up and having help from, um, like, Finesse, Mm -hmm. like, First Nations Emergency, I don't know, Safety, I don't know. Safety Services, I think. Something like that. Um, They helped organize a lot of it as well, and that's when we need volunteers. Yeah. I knew I wanted to be a part of it just because I didn't feel like I was doing enough, but put out a call for volunteers and that's where like you stepped up and a number of other people stepped up yeah a lot of aunties came in there were cooking all day every day yeah and like even putting things on like even afterwards when things were starting to die down a lot of people just showing their appreciation cooking for everybody and and like you can really feel a more uh that sense of community which was um i don't know comforting in a way even Mm. in in those in those times but um yeah like just even having the volunteers that really stepped up um was actually pretty incredible a lot of people from all different nations we had somebody from um from the island from there from Mm -hmm. meander from doig from like all over the place Uh, we didn't know what we're gonna do like what exactly our duties would be if we're digging ditches if we're fighting the fire or what and Um, there's a lot of cleanup and, <laughs> uh, some of it was kind of like, we just didn't know what to expect, but yeah. like just the fact that a lot of people, um, were willing to step up without mm-hmm. even knowing what they're going to do was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And honestly, can't really, can't really thank people enough because 
like this affects us all and mm -hmm. it's our home and for the fact that people actually stepped up and and like stood beside you mm -hmm. is really really encouraging yeah it was yeah the yeah. community feels amazing like being out there like um like well we'd go out to like the main i forget what it was the staging area staging i area. keep calling it a lay down yeah but uh yeah the staging area there's like trucks from uh, like uh couch and fire department, mm -hmm. fire department all over the island yeah Kamloops, everywhere across bc there was crews there yeah and, like hundreds of people yeah those those people are selfless like mm -hmm. it's pretty um like those people that actually like run to emergencies when everybody's going away mm -hmm. like it, it definitely takes a different kind of person yeah. and definitely makes me appreciate that and you can actually see the difference that they have like <clears throat> well there was one day after the staging area we went out we were working for the day it was really hot we're coming back we didn't go the normal way back yeah i don't know way, some, we went something changed that Creek. day and then we went to i think through a um, mile 81 had to pull off inside the road didn't know what was really happening and then we had to actually back out but then we saw after we looked back we saw like the massive smoke cloud in the sky yeah it was like which is like, it wasn't honestly it wasn't until then i was i actually kind of got terrified yeah the whole time it was just staying busy and and um wasn't really thinking about it i know like smoke came in every once in a while but mm -hmm. then that made it very prominent and mm -hmm. be like the level like, of danger yeah like, it, yeah there's actually this massive thing that's happening here right now yeah. and then even when we we had to get off the road and you can see this like this massive smoke cloud in the sky and you see the smoke slowly rolling in on us mm -hmm. and that was so fast like that's yeah. the thing that actually um that kind of uh shocked me a little yeah. bit as how fast it, that smoke was yeah. where it was clear skies you can see um helicopters are going and then it wasn't even like five ten minutes and then all that smoke just rolled right over yeah. us and that was smoke from the uh planned ignition that we drove through yeah yeah. yeah like that was crazy to drive through it yeah. was like a scene out of like <clears throat> an apocalyptic yeah movie. Like, yeah you couldn't see like two car, two vehicles ahead of you in the convoy that we were in. Yeah, and yeah, because it was like um, it wasn't even like when you're driving behind a dusty road, like dust flies up. But yeah. then when it's smoke, like it definitely hits a little dip, a little bit different. You see all the firefighters and and their planned ig uh, ignitions, like it's like these these bits of just charred remains, mm -hmm. and it just like yeah, it was pretty surreal for sure. But even when we we went back. Um, through the beaten highway uh that first time mm -hmm. and seeing how seeing how much like how devastated some parts were like there was nothing left mm -hmm. and it wasn't till we saw some wildlife just beside the road because that's the only bit of green grass that was there mm -hmm. where even like the like the animals looked shocked like they didn't all the vehicles the convoy vehicles didn't even phase them yeah I remember seeing that bear. It was just standing there, it was just looking straight, and it was like there was nowhere else to go. Like, yeah, it lost its home. Yeah, and like that—that that was actually devastating. I remember. I think we talked about that on the way, where you're saying like an elder was, yeah, was saying Jake, a yeah, prayer yeah. for for the animals. Yeah, and he just, just yeah, Jack, and he said he's like he's like you know what I feel bad for, and then I thought he was gonna say like uh, I don't know, 
like something not like that serious like he we're always i'm always joking with him but then mm-hmm. he was like i feel bad for the baby birds and the little moose and everything yeah. all the little babies that were just born he's like they don't have no home where are they gonna go yeah and yeah he said a prayer for it and i was like man this is crazy this yeah. is a for real natural disaster like yeah. not playing about it it was a natural disaster there's um, a few people lost their homes. Yeah. Well, yeah, which is which is horrible. And, like, even seeing on... When we were coming back through being Airport Road, <clears throat> seeing, like, even that little pond, and there was a beaver hut that was... It's in the water, obviously, mm-hmm. but that was just charred, too. Yeah. And just, yeah, like, it was it was definitely... Uh, like, even seeing the, uh, <clears throat> the power lines with... It's hanging from nothing because, like, it just burned up the entire... Yeah. Like the entire uh, phone pole, telephone yeah. pole. Yeah, that was right by the uh, the Beaton Airport, like that, the old, um, the Beaton Airport uh, house. Yeah, I don't know. It's a classic one, but it was burnt around there. Yeah, obviously, like pre ignition, like they did a fire break around them. Yeah, but um, well, wasn't it three years ago that the same that house? Three times that house. Three times. I don't know what it is. There's <laughs> like. I don't know, some kind of special grass or what is going on there, but that guy's definitely, I don't know, think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was pretty incredible. But, um, but yeah, just even like with the telephone poles, it was, it was interesting seeing something familiar that you see the devastation that's so clear there mm-hmm. and where it's just nothing left. But yeah, but yeah so that was our view yeah. of yeah. seeing the wildfire, being out there, being in Blueberry when the fire was a few kilometers away and seeing smoke billowing but uh yeah that's our point of view and mm-hmm. my, my heart goes out to everybody that was yeah. affected by it yeah but uh for sure yeah i think we'll talk about what comes next after this wildfire after this short break Welcome back to The Trail Ahead. I'm your host, Trail Echo. This program is brought to you by the Fortune John Co-op. I'm sitting here with my guest, Troy Gray Wolf, counselor of Blueberry River First Nation. And uh, we were having a conversation about the recent wildfires. Um, so we just gave our view of what we've seen um, in like community coming together and everybody was like all hands on deck helping, mm-hmm. whether that was cooking or finding people homes or places to put their animals or um opening their homes to anybody really mm-hmm. and um our view and what we seen while we were out there um like volunteering with um fness um but yeah so that was what we seen um and the last bit we talked about was driving was driving through the um uh the ignition what was on what was on the Aiken creek road what, what, what's it called um the, that, the that, planned one, that one was the planned ignition yeah. and then the i think that it was the next day of the day after we drove through beaten airport road yeah where the actual massive wildfire had yeah yeah so Devastated. the day after that um it was saturday night i think it was when we went to um uh, went and drummed a couple of songs well, oh yeah yeah it was yes. saturday night yeah so we both went and drummed um they were having uh basically like a crew change mm-hmm. all the firefighters were doing a crew change and then um uh leadership from blueberry and Doig both wanted to get together and like thank the elders and say a few prayers so we sang a couple of um 
prayer songs, and then um. That was the one at OGC, right? Yeah, that yeah. was one at the OGC. Yeah. Well, the BCER building now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So we did that, and then also just really quick, I do want to say <clears throat> thanks for inviting me because um, that I will admit was um, kind of fulfilling a childhood dream for me because mm-hmm. like I've always wanted to drum. It was something I always felt drawn to, and I never knew the protocol. I never knew how to ask. And, like, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why I was, like, just concentrating on the elders drumming beside me so I'm not messing up. But, yeah, no, I really appreciate uh, being invited to that. No, it was, it was really awesome. Like, it's awesome to see, like, younger people because I'm, like, drumming with, like, Sammy and Robert and Jack and all the older fellas. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, they have, like, 40 years on me, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Their, uh, their childbearing years were over by the time I came around, and yeah, I just like look when I started, I was looking at them, but uh, yeah, it is super cool. Yeah. But yeah, anytime you want to. Yeah, but even and, even like what what um, what Gary had mentioned there too, um, well, it was like one honoring the uh, firefighters and mm-hmm. the changeover, and um, <clears throat> when he mentioned cultural cultural burning cultural burning practices, yeah. Um, seemed like a very prominent, like it was a, a very prominent practice. It seems like yeah, um, that hasn't really been discussed. It's it has been discussed There's more discussions recently. Coming now, yeah. They're, so they've started. I've seen a few articles and like um, news things about uh, cultural burning being practiced like down south to uh, not. I don't know if it's around Hope. They had a wildfire last year. Yeah, but like in the Okanagan, they've done it. Um, which is probably a really good idea because it's very dry and arid. It's a desert mm-hmm. down there. Um, but yeah, that is something that like was practiced like long ago. I've talked to Sammy about, it and he said that he used to burn like around Doig or like around his camp camping areas. He'd burn the grass when there was still snow on the ground when it was just the tops of the grass. Yeah, so. um, I recently heard an elder say that as well. <clears throat> just thinking of this. Um, I remember growing up, I always, every single spring, um, someone would be burning something somewhere. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It was always, it was a thing growing up. And I always wondered why, I'm like, why, how come they never do that in town? Like, in schools or any anywhere else. Like, it was only on the reserve that that always happens. Always around the reserve, nowhere else. And I always wondered why. Yeah. And then I was like, hashtag old ways, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, we're just bringing the res down for everybody property. And it's like, people yeah. are going to think it's weird if I yeah. start lighting my grass on fire <laughs> and like in town. <laughs> get arrested for that. Yeah, I get arrested for arson. Like, no, it's yeah. cultural practice, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a cultural practice. Um, yeah. There are organizations around the province and maybe across the country, I'm not sure, um, that are partnering up with like BC First or like First Nations people mm-hmm. to do culturally prescribed burning. So like they'll go and burn one area one spring and then the next spring they'll go to somewhere else because there's no more fuel there. There's mm-hmm. no more deadfall that's just waiting to get burnt. Like, um, actually, I was just recently up at our um, cabins in Hunter Lakes. Mm-hmm. So two and a half hours north of Fort St. John. And then um, there's the Donnie Creek, Donnie Creek slash Tommy Lakes fire that oh, yeah. is really close to our cabins. And I was up there to 
like empty out the cabins. We had a bunch of camping gear yeah. for like community members that want to go camping, and we were going to take it out. And then we showed up. The skies were clear. The wind was blowing away from us, or like the fire was blowing away from us at that time. And then me and my brother went and we were loading up, and we were loaded up the truck and trailer in about an hour. And then that's when Sammy and Bob pulled up. And then they were like, hey, you guys better hurry up. And we got to get out of here. So they went out, went back to like the lake in front of the main cabin where you can see the lake. And then the wall of fire was just like, we were looking up. Like how we were on the Aiken Creek Road. Yeah. Like we were looking up at it. We're like, oh, yeah, the winds change. We got to get out of here. Yeah. And then uh, it's it's scary because that, those cabins are like, they're a cultural asset. They're mm-hmm. for people to go if they need time to go get grounded or go heal themselves or go if they need it's something they need to process they go out there spend a week out in the bush um go find their kma their uh pure place in nature yeah but those are at risk of being lost right now yeah well it's definitely encouraging that that conversation is actually starting to happen yeah and that um maybe it's something that we can definitely have like a yearly practice that because i actually did wonder that before as well like if it is a cultural practice i know that um a lot of people throughout millennia had moved throughout the land so it's Mm -hmm. a massive prominent piece of land and you don't just stay in one spot but you kind of move with it like Mm -hmm. that would seem like it would be a part of that practice Yeah. yeah i've seen a few things written about um like um the plains pre-colonial plains Mm -hmm. like the prairies i don't know all the prairies down to new mexico um they would burn the grass like but rotating like burn one area one year and then another area the next year and then rotate every five or so years because then after it's burnt all that ash goes down and resaturates the soil with nutrients and Mm -hmm. stuff um it's like regenerative yeah the nitrogen and carbon go back into the soil and the grass comes back greener and then the buffalo herds come back because they're like oh that's that's some like a one grass right yeah, there, man. Yeah, no, uh, no store bought fertilizer needed. Eh? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. burn your lawn. Mm-hmm. It's the only fertilizer you need. Yeah, uh, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really encouraging and and having um, that that traditional knowledge and the fact that we still have elders that still practice that now mm-hmm. and it's something that like if this is. I don't know how many times in the last like decade has a fire like evacuation alerts or, or orders have come um, that like we still have elders around that have practiced that or n- have that knowledge still mm-hmm. then we can definitely learn from that yeah, because need, it's yeah we need it, to uli- utilize it yeah because that, that problem doesn't seem to be going away so mm-hmm. it definitely does seem like um, it's something we should a serious conversation that we need to have yeah yeah, yeah. that dialogue's coming along Mm-hmm. like and soon but uh yeah so that's that's our little chat on culturally prescribed fires um we'll bear it right back to you to tell you what you can do to protect your home protect your property your houses everything from fires right after this short break welcome back to the trailhead i'm your host trail echo this program is brought to you by the fortune john co-op to keep in line with our conversation about the wildfires, the effects of it, um, and cultural burning practices, these cultural burning practices, there's evidence in the beaver language about it. Uh, there's, like, fires. There's what happens to the forest after fires. That's what I want to talk about because 
after all these wildfires, there's going to be a lot of new growth. Uh, there'll be a lot of nutrients back in the soils. But the word for, like, the new growth after a fire is na wa nejo. That's na wa nejo. Na wa nejo. That's the word for new growth in beaver. This is your beaver word of the week. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back to The Trail Ahead, brought to you by the Fortune John Co-op. I'm your host, Trail Echo. This is my guest, Troy Wolf, um, from Blueberry River First Nation. Um, yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about wildfires and um, cultural practi- uh, culturally prescribed burning. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about is what you can do to help protect yourself from wildfires, and that is um, the, the crew that we were on, we were kind of doing, following like the fire smart program Mm -hmm. the fire smart program is around your home outside of your home um i think within 30 meters um you want to keep any combustibles preferably away from your home so Mm -hmm. like propane tanks gas tanks keep it at the back of your yard yeah if you have a yard and then within 10 meters anything combustible so Mm -hmm. any yeah really any ignition points yeah. That could potentially yeah. set your house on fire. So, One interest, you know, I'll let you finish. Oh, so like a stack. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. give an example. Like a stack. Like if you're stacking of firewood, try and keep it a little. Don't lean it against your house because that um, can take uh, like a spark, and then the whole thing's up, and then you're having a bonfire yeah. way too close to your house. Yeah, because firewood tends to burn. So, yeah, that's what it's meant for. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Even that, like one interesting thing about that, um, I think is an interesting note to have that we learned doing that mitigation work was that homes that actually did have, did implore that, um, not implore, did implement that fire smart program within their own home. Um, that really is the last stand. If there is like a wildfire or anything happening around your property. Yeah. And they said, I think it was 90% of homes that actually have implemented smire uh, fire have smart. implemented fire smart um, practices mm-hmm. 90% of the homes are actually saved yeah. which is pretty incredible and a really good preventative thing to practice because um, yeah these these things don't seem to be going away mm-hmm. and we definitely have to do our own work yeah fire season is becoming a regular thing but yeah mm-hmm. I would just like to like put a quick thanks out to well out to you for like inviting me to come out and like just lend a helping hand because i was like oh what can i do i was like um there's evacuations order um, um my work was like on pause for a week where our office was shut down because of another mm-hmm. evacuation order and then um so yeah i'd just like to thank you for inviting me to come and help lend a helping hand like i might not have done all that much but i well, no, got to man, no, I honestly, like, it, it's really us that have to thank you and all the other volunteers with Finesse, ESS, everybody else that, that helped out, like the firefighters, um, yeah. like the thousands like of man hours yeah, that they that put was out. quite okay. a bit. And yeah. even like, you didn't know what you're really stepping into. I like, again, too. we mentioned that, like where you didn't know if we were going to be fighting the fires, if we were going to be digging ditches or what was going to happen. Um, but the fact that, like, you and, and a number of other people had stepped up is, like, we honestly can't thank you guys enough, like, for even, yeah, just um, willing to help out your neighbor. And, uh, yeah, it's it's actually pretty incredible that uh, 
we live in a community that a lot of people are willing to do that so yeah, yeah definitely like thank you a lot yeah, and, was, and all the other volunteers yeah it was heartwarming to see mm-hmm. and, uh, but yeah thanks for joining me and coming to talk about this um and i hope to have you back on the next episode of the trail ahead uh this program is brought to you by the fortune john co-op i'm trail Aku. this is my guest today um troy wolf